You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, it's the second edition of Sunday Coffee here on this Super Bulldog weekend. Bulldogs win it over Ole Miss 5-3 to three and have now won seven consecutive SEC season series against Ole Miss. Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. We're in the Farm Bureau Studios here in downtown Startville. Well, we decided to get together, Charlie. Second time today. How about that, man? After losing Friday night, I, I didn't know that we could win two out of three this weekend. No, I actually thought we were going to sweep coming into the weekend. And then when we lost, my emotions go the other way. <laughs> I will be lucky to win one. And, look, that was a very competitive series. But, I, I man, I feel good. And I, I, I want to give you some reasons even bigger than one win, one loss, win two, win three, what have you. Dakota Jordan has become the player we had hoped he could be. He's been good. Really good. Ross Highfield's improving. Gerangelo today can't ask for more. Oh, man. You cannot ask for more on a Sunday than what you got out of him. Mershon, and I have a feeling you're going to talk about this before we're out of here. That play Mershon made to turn the double play, we were about to – I hate to say things like we were about to lose. You talk about a game being in the balance. Oh, yeah. When we bring Nixon in, you got the bases jammed. So I got a text, you know, every everybody has the overreaction. And in a text group, I got the text that says that play by Mershon, if we can turn it around and make postseason play, is that the play that turns it? Because they had tied the game, had the bases loaded with one out, Nixon comes in, and that was not an easy play to make. I mean, he fielded that ball a step on the right side of the second base bag. And then able to get the double play to get out of the inning, I think us keeping it tied right there was so massive. Yeah, so let's jump right into this because I think I want to talk about this play for a minute. So here's how the seventh inning set up for Ole Miss in the top of the inning. Lead off, walk. Keep in mind, you'd already had Gonzalez walk to start the sixth. He scores. Surprise. The, how many times does that seem to happen? So Chatagnier walks to lead off the seventh. And, and what you're doing – Walking Chatagnier on four pitches, I'll never understand because you could put it on a tee for him and the guy hadn't hit all year. Then you get a strikeout of McCants, but then Groff singles. You get a wild pitch, moves him to second. Chatagnier scores. Gonzalez singles. Harris walked. Now you bring in Aaron Nixon. Alderman hits a ball very, very hard to Alford at third base. When I watched it live, I was thinking, man, you got to make that play. Once I saw it. It's self-defense at that point. Yeah, and it was backhand side. If he scalds that ball, glove side or straight at him, but he had to go backhand a little bit. It's really tough to yeah. do. So the run scores, you've got a tie ball game at three. Then Calarco is up. Calarco can hit. He hits a ball to the second base side of the shortstop bag that Mershon from shortstop goes and gets, somehow controls his feet well enough to t- touch the bag at second, and then get the throw to first, and instead of Ole Miss taking the lead, we get out of it. Hey, so I went back and listened to it. I was like, at that point, I was kind of down. I was down. They had tied the game, 
and you could tell it off the bat. It's like, there's a ground ball. Oh, here, here it is right here. Here's the 0-1. Back up the middle. Could be two. Mershon steps on the back, throws the first, and gets the double play to end the inning. And so it was almost a total surprise at the end. <laughs> gets the double play. Oh, my play. goodness. We got a double play. Yeah. And I thought that was so big, man. He just ranged up two steps to the right of the second base bag, got the ball, and threw it across. Man, you look back at that game, and, Charlie, we talked about this a little bit uh, this morning. We talked about it on the broadcast today. You know, we didn't just call the ball this weekend. We only had six hits in the game today. but and we, we had, won two. But we had seven home runs on the weekend. We used the home run ball this weekend, and that was so big for us. And you said earlier this morning that we're going to get a three-run home run today. You said it. I mean, you did. And we got one. I thought early on Gerangelo was good. I thought JT Quinn was good, too. I thought both those guys threw Hey, well. Quinn for Ole Miss pitched it really well. And I think that's part of the reason that I feel good about taking two out of three this weekend is, save for the ninth inning yesterday when they had trouble walking guys, Ole Miss didn't give us anything. They didn't give us stuff. We had to earn it. Our five runs today came on two home runs. Yeah. Here's the first one. And not only home runs, two out home runs. And when Dakota came to the plate, scoreless game, bottom of the third inning, Quinn was kind of rolling. And then Dakota does this. Fly ball lifted into right field, and she is gone. A three-run home run for Dakota Jordan. Mississippi State has a 3-0 lead. Well, we know all about Dakota Jordan's power and big home runs, but his power to the opposite field, as impressive a tool as he has. And that gave us a 3-0 lead, and we kept that 3-0 lead until the sixth inning. And you talked about the sixth inning. Give up the leadoff walk to Gonzalez. He ends up scoring on the ground out later in the inning. Kemp Alderman, one of the things we haven't talked oh, about. Oh, boy. Big play near misses. Hit a home, hit a ball to left field that literally hit a foot away from the top of the wall. It comes back. He ends up stranded at third base in that inning. KC comes in. He walks the first guy he sees in Leger, but gets furnished to ground out. And that big two-out swing, or the one-out swing from Alderman that hit off the top of the wall first pitch, man, he absolutely scalded it. Yeah, he did. He, man, I, Let's be fair, man. We talked about this this morning. The baseball gods were working with us this week. They, they, We didn't have a whole lot where we could say, man, we're snake bit this weekend. No, we really didn't. And, man, <laughs> you talk about the ball hitting the bag yesterday. That ball barely – and that ball was hit. I mean, the wind was blowing in from left field. He hit that ball hard. Okay, so let's look at the pitching today. Overall, from a pitching standpoint, of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios in downtown Startwell Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Hey, we had our pitching matchups we talked about on uh, Friday on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Tracks Plus, go to tracksplus.com. Heavy machinery, new or used equipment. And uh, the Barco equipment for the Forester, the Saney equipment for the mini excavators and excavators for the dirt contractors, Massey Ferguson tractors and implements. And so today we had Gerangelo St. Jeff for us. He went five and two-thirds, gave up one run on three hits. He struck out seven, and he walked three. He threw 98 pitches. Gerangelo, that was the best we've seen Gerangelo. He turned around and pitched from the left side. That was the best we've seen that sweeping curveball. 
He held it in the strike zone today. Only walked three guys today. But I thought he really did a good job. I thought he was outstanding. I, I thought he pitched with a lot more confidence with the left arm than we've seen. He had the breaking pitch working both ways. How about this? I predicted this morning, and you backed me up on this, that we would see double-digit walks between the two teams. We saw that. We walked six in the ball game. Ole Miss walked seven. So we combined for 13. We said we'd see – I thought we'd see more home runs. I the did other too. thing I was wrong on is I said this would be the highest scoring game. We did get multiple run home runs. We predicted that. got that. I thought, though, this would be the highest scoring game in the series. And you saw today why it almost came that way. And I look at – man, I can just tell you, Ole Miss fans are going to be murdering Bianco for – pitching management and that kind of thing. But you know what he was trying to do. You had Murrell. Yes. All right, so let's go back. And this is why, man, these three games, they play out as a series. Let's go back in time. On Friday, Ole Miss had to go to Murrell in the seventh. That's what I was about to say. I feel like we won the day. We won the game today. You win the series because you had to go to him the other night. He has to go three innings in the game on Friday. Yeah, so Doherty pitched good, but after six innings, he was at 100 pitches. He's done. So, Murrell comes in, has to go three innings, throws 37 pitches. And it was like – kind of like we were trying to do with K.C. Hunt today. We were trying to stretch one more inning out of K.C. Hunt so that we felt good about getting to the back end of the bullpen and finishing the game with Aaron Nixon. Well, that's what I, yeah, exactly. We we were able – we pressed – you hate to say it like this. We pressed the panic button before they did because we brought in we brought in Nixon in the seventh inning, and they held Morrell. They held him – he held him back. And then you kind of wonder kind of how that is. They bring in Kimbrell. He gives up the home run to Hunter Hines. Here's a guy who's only pitched in you know two innings in SEC play. And you could tell they're just trying to get it to they can get Morrell in the game. We were trying to do that the same exact thing, but we hit the we we had to hit the panic button because that game was in the balances in the seventh inning. So many times you talk about bringing your closer in in the big moments when winning time is there. So many times it's in the eighth inning. How many times at Landon Sims you wanted to bring him in, in the eighth inning, but sometimes you had to bring him in in the seventh. So Ole Miss in the seventh. Talk about games, you know, plays that matter. Highfield grounds out to start at the bottom of the seventh inning. Then Mershon works the full count walk. And I say works because he saw a ton of pitches. He got ahead 3-0 and in the count. Then he sees two strikes thrown. Then he fouls a pitch off. Then he draws the walk. Ketchum is pulled from the game. Kimbrell comes in. Mershon then steals second base. Ledbetter, so this, you know, they go to this left-hander to, for the matchup because we've got back-to-back lefties coming up with Ledbetter and then Hines. And you say, all right, this guy's job is one thing, and it's to get two outs. He did a really nice job with Ledbetter, but Hines, you could tell Hines just went to school standing in the on-deck circle. He knew what was coming. He saw breaking pitch, breaking pitch, breaking pitch. He was ready. Yep, tie ball game. Got the runner on second base once again with two outs. And here's Hunter Hines with his 17th home run of the year. Rips that one to right field. We'll see you later. And the dogs take the lead back at 5-3. Hunter Hines just absolutely mashed that ball. Looking for a pitch to hit. Jumps on the first one he sees. 
get them out of their seats here at Duty Noble. Hey, let's talk about that a little bit. It was all right. That last comment, <laughs> get them out of their seats. Today was one of those days where early in the game you hit the home run, and then hey, credit JT Quinn, the pitcher for Ole Miss. He kind of set everybody back down. Everybody was kind of settled in. It's a Sunday afternoon. Everybody partied hard yesterday and had the big concert last night. And it was kind of a relaxed crowd today. It was a big crowd. We had huge crowds this weekend. What right at forty six thousand, forty seven thousand on the three-game series. And so today I think they listed it at 12-8. And, man, we had a big crowd, had a huge outfield crowd again. But, man, Hunter Hines got them out of their seats there in that seventh inning. I'll tell you one of the things that Hunter Hines has done a really good job of, if you make a mistake, he'll punish you for it. We're seeing more and more of that out of Dakota Jordan. But, man, if it's almost like it's become fashionable here lately to to be ready to complain about baseball, to be ready to say that we can't turn it around. But I, Bart, am here today as your optimist, all right? I am here 100% full, not half full. I'm completely full. How about that? And, hey, we are drinking coffee. We are indeed drinking coffee. Not decaf. No, I'm not that we're gonna kind lead, of man we're you gonna, think I am. Exactly. We're going to lead the charge against decaf coffee. So, I mean, think about this a minute. We've got some young guys, and they're playing better. How can you not feel good about what you saw out of Gerangelo today? We were sitting there for two straight outings, and he had forgotten the left hand, wasn't going to use it. Everything was right-handed. What did you see today? You saw a guy go out on the mound and pitch with confidence. I think you could make a really strong and compelling argument Look, I think you could make an argument that we made a mistake batting Dakota Jordan third to start the year. You're putting them in a tough spot. I think you could similarly make an argument that we made a mistake by trying to put Gerangelo in the first game of the weekend. But the switch this weekend to put Gartman on Saturday, Gartman's personality fit what we saw yesterday. Gartman's not a guy who gets sped up. And to put Gerangelo today I thought was a great one. And the guy's pitching better. Dakota Jordan's playing better. I mean, there are reasons. Look, you can go back on any weekend and complain, but overall, if I told you that you were going to hold Ole Miss on a weekend series to three runs, seven runs, and three runs, would you take it? Well, what what you asked me this morning is, would you take 12 outs from Gerangelo and he got you 17? And you needed all 17 of those. How much more could Nixon have gone? I mean, I know we had Dome down there, but Dome threw just yesterday. Well, did you hear Lamonis after the game said that Holcomb and Dome were both saying they want the ball? Well, that's good. I want guys that want the ball. And and what a change for Holcomb. Yeah, it really is. The last month for him, he's, he's daylight and dark. And you need a guy like, hey, Holcomb throwing three innings the other night. I mean, you start seeing how eating up innings on a weekend – saves you on a Sunday. I mean, we had shot so many bullets. We couldn't have played extras today. No. <laughs> I mean, because you'd have to think maybe you could have gone one more inning, but Nixon was done. Well, so and so Morrell was done too. Yeah. It was, it was close to it as well because they had Kemp Alderman loosening up in the bullpen. Both teams threw everything they had it this weekend. They really did. And so, hey, at the end of the day, you win it today 5-3. to three. You win the series against Ole Miss. You've won every series since 2016, which is so amazing. Now, we still have to play the Governor's Cup down. No, including 16, right? 
Yeah, we won in 16. Okay. 15 was the last year that they won. They swept us in Oxford that year. That was the year they scored like eight runs in the ninth inning. Remember that, game three? I try not to. Yeah, that was a long time ago, and that was terrible. That was that bad year we just need to forget. This weekend was fun. This weekend was fun again. I told somebody yesterday I was sitting in somebody's loft, and I was looking around after the ball game, before the concert, in that gap period. And I said, you know what, we need this. Just look. People are happy. And that's back-to-back series wins for us. We're going to have a big, big trip to the Plains coming up. No, we do. All right, I said I sent a tweet out a while ago that I'm coming in hot. I need a mic. Uh-oh. And so I, I got something that I've got to get off my chest. And you may completely disagree with this. I am prepared, if necessary, to do so. I am a Mississippi State guy. I love Mississippi State with all my heart. My mother worked in extension. I've been coming here forever. You have as well. I do not like the University of Mississippi. I like some of their people, but I don't hate their baseball program. And I say that to say this. Friday when Ron Polk came out to throw out the first pitch, Mike Bianco looked at his guys and said, get out there. And they all walked out to the artificial turf warning track, and they clapped for Ron Polk. Now, I know, hey, they have done some stuff in the past where you sit there and say, golly, man, why are they doing that? But let me tell you this. I don't know if it's the national championships that have knocked the the edges off a little bit. I'm not saying I don't dislike Ole Miss. I'm just saying that there's not that hatred toward Ole Miss baseball. You kind of halfway respect it. When you look at these two programs over the last 10 years, you got two of the top baseball programs in the country. And you take a step back from a baseball fan standpoint, you you saw three really good baseball games this weekend. Am I out of line for saying that? No, I think that's a little bit of what I inartfully tried to express this morning. I, uh, we've seen a lot of antics. If you took away, in fact, if, if you were saying build the case against Ole Miss, it's mostly what guys with cell phones and media guys, their own media team had done over the past few years with Snapchat and, you know, hey, look how many followers we've got on Snapchat in the past two days. That, those things haven't helped. But when you get past that, I mean, you look at the way it's played on the field, um, man, there's some good baseball players on the field. And there's going to be some guys on that field that we're going to be seeing play for a while. Gonzalez is going to be playing for a long time. Yeah, I don't know where he fits in the pros. I don't know if he's third baseman. I don't know if he's a second baseman. He's not terribly fast. But he's a big-time player. Um, He has that that build of a young A-Rod. I know. He really does. A guy that started out at shortstop, they moved him to third base, really saved his career a little bit at third base. Cal Ripken was a big shortstop. Now, he's probably not as big as Ripken. But you got you got length, guys that can – he can move a little bit, but you could see him being a third baseman. But the thing he does for a college baseball team is he catches everything hit to him. And in today's world of college baseball. who boy, let that me is a, tell you a story. That is a big-time deal. Had a lot of country pleasing on the grill this weekend. I went by the outfield spot out there leaving the ballpark today. And, uh, man, a lot of folks out there on the grills this weekend. There was a lot of people in the outfield, period. Kind of hard to move around a little bit. But a lot of country pleasing was cooked out there. We talked about country pleasing this morning. Hey, man, this weekend is why we built this stadium. This This is the experience we were looking for to be able to spend time out there in your grills, watch some good baseball, do those things. I thought it was 
I thought it was special. Hey, you'll get a kick out of this. I was leaving today, and you know, for those who don't know, I grew up in Starkville, Louisville for a while, then Starkville. Left, swore I would never come back to Starkville. You'd have to be crazy to live in Starkville. Laughed at the idea. Well, 18 years ago, I moved back, and I haven't left since. I was leaving today, and I was talking to somebody, and I said, uh, I said to her, you know, the only problem, because they were telling me, you know, they have a place here. What a great weekend. They had come up for the weekend. And I told her, I said, the only problem with living in Starkville is I can't come to Starkville. You know, I can't come visit Starkville. It would be kind of, you know, it would have been, this would say good weekend if you live in Jackson, if you live on the coast, if you got a place here to be here. And it was, this is a great weekend for the city of Starville. People are downtown, there's stuff going on everywhere. And man, when I was a kid, we came downtown to Starville to go to the church or the bank. Yeah. That was it. Cleveland Shoe Store. But they had, now. I had one in Louisville too. Oh, yeah. But now, what do you do? You know, now you come down here at night. There's, it's harder to find a place to park sometimes at night than during the day. And I went through the Cotton District last night. Things were going on. There's a lot going right in Starville, and this was one of those weekends you just want to be here. And as much as I appreciate the SEC network now and being able to watch games, man, there is still no substitute to being here and being in that environment. No, no doubt. And we're lucky. I mean, we get to sit behind home plate and, and witness the crowd. I mean, we're lucky. I mean, it's awesome. I never we get to hear a few of them, too, that I'm not so lucky <laughs> to hear. Throw strikes. I heard that guy again today. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah. We, like, struck out two and go ball one and come Throw out of the bleachers. Strikes. Yeah, man. Well, today was fun. We just wanted to jump on. Get you a little post game rap. We haven't done a post game rap since, of course, the big boy a couple of years ago. We just thought, we looked at each other about the uh, ninth inning today and says, you know what? We haven't had a whole lot of ability. <laughs> no, we no, haven't. No, we did do a post game. Remember last year after the final game, the final game of the season, you and I looked at each other and said, let's just go record it now. Yeah, let's get it out of the way. Let's make this season end. I'm not giving up on this season, man. I'm not giving up on this season. I think. Now, look, the the deck stacked against us, right? But can if, you go nine and six from if here? We, if we throw strikes, if we throw strikes. And, hey, listen, we have we brought this up all season long. Kudos to our pitching staff this weekend. When we pitch it like that and we defend it like we did today, we didn't have any errors today, we're a pretty good little ball team. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but we are. We, we live by the home run. You know, Hunter Hines is going to hit over 20 home runs this year. We're going to have multiple guys hit double-digit home runs this year. And if you can pitch it okay and you can field it okay and you're in the top 15 in the country, which we are at home run balls, you have a chance to win some ball games. So let me ask you this question then. Could you make the argument that Hunter Hines is becoming one of our all-time underrated players? Do you think we appreciate enough what Hunter Hines does for us at the plate? He's sitting here right now hitting 336 with 17 home runs. He's got an on-base percentage of almost 400. He's slugging it at 755. How about this? We think about the balls. Get, get your mind around this right now. 
the slugging percentage for Hunter Hines is 150 points higher than Dakota Jordan. And what do we think about Dakota Jordan? Man, he just hits the ball. You know, We think like all he does is hit home runs, right? Here you come with the analytics again. There's you're, no analytics. These are just numbers. These are facts. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a, that's what's crazy is when you lay it out there like that, and you're like, "Hey, that's that's pretty that's pretty special." To be honest with you, of his 48 hits, 17 home runs, nine doubles. So 26 of his 48 hits are for extra bases. That's that's pretty impressive. He had a ball into the shift today, which ended up being a double play. And Hunter's a guy that's going to pull off. He's not going to go opposite field a whole lot. He went to center field the other night for a home run. But that's a way to hit it through the shift to hit it out of there. Boy, he hit that one. There was a wind blowing out to right. It didn't matter. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Didn't matter on Dakota Jordan's home run either. No, not at all. Not at all. Hey, I enjoyed it. Hey, thanks to our good friends at Heartland Catfish. Heartland producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can possibly want right here in the state of Mississippi over in Itabina. And you can get that great catfish. You kind of feel better about, hey, go to Oxford or go to Taylor, which is just south of Oxford. You can walk in there wearing your Mississippi State gear, hold your head up with pride after you win two out of three. Say, hey, give me some of that catfish because it's good there, Taylor Grocery. And also thanks to our good friends at Cannon Ford of Startwell, Cannon Ford, just east of Startwell on Highway 12. Cannon Ford, if you're in the market for a new or used car, want to get your oil changed, the service center, the body shop, Go by and ask for Chris Keene. Tell them that Bart and Charlie sent you. And also thanks to our good friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. Moat Griffin, Marcus Mallory, those guys don't strike out when they're under pressure. They throw strikes under pressure as well. <laughs> throw, stri- throw strikes. Throw strikes. All right, Charlie. Hey, enjoyed it. We'll be back uh, this week. Got a big series with Auburn. Last week we talked about it going into the Alabama series. Can I give you one more Play, because sure. we've talked about plays that matter. I got to give you one more as we go, and you're you're going to laugh at me on this. First inning, Ole Miss, Groff strikes out, then Gonzalez doubles, and he doesn't score. That to me was a big test in the ball game because Calvin Harris can hit. Well, and he almost got on with a pop fly single, because you got to give Slade Offer credit right there. That sun right there at that time of day is brutal. He couldn't find it. In the very end, he snagged it. That was a huge out to get. And then Kemp Alderman lines one that Dakota Jordan has to go get. In the left field corner. Yeah, and that was a tough ball to go get. How big was that for Gerangelo? Yeah, How first... big was it for him to get out of that by retiring the three and four hitters in the first inning to go to the dugout, the crowd's feeling good? Just because the first inning has kind of been the nemesis for him. Yeah, and Ole Miss, look, they have been good this year by scoring early. They've outscored their opponents three or four to one in the first inning of ball games. How much different is that game? How much different is the feel of everything we were doing if they're if they've got a lead? If Quinn staked a one to nothing lead right there. Changes everything. Hey, we won. Feels good. You guys enjoy your drive back to Jackson, drive back to the coast. Today was a good day. Shout out to Blake. He's going to be listening to us on the way to Biloxi. All right. We'll do that. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. The second edition of Sunday Coffee, post-game wrap, whatever you want to call it. State wins two out of three against Ole Miss. Appreciate you hanging out with us.